hello, hello. Welcome to episode 13 of Home Away from Dome, lining up with the season one finale, Curtains. I don't know why it's called that. Curtains, of course, makes sense for, um, you know, curtain call finale. Doesn't really have much to do with this episode, but anyway. Alright, episode 13, here we go. Home. Away. From. Dome. A lot happens in this episode. It's pretty wild. Um, yeah, I don't know. This show is like a roller coaster, um, except it's like, you know, that first part of roller coaster where you just keep going up? That's sort of how I describe this show. It's, um, <laughs> every episode's sort of weirder than the one before it, uh, and it just keeps going. So, I don't think it's going to calm down that much. I know this is the finale, but, you know, season two, season two, episode one actually was written by Stephen King. He comes back to write it, so you know it's going to be good. Um, and I don't know, a lot's going to happen, but anyway, season one, episode uh, 13. I know it's been a bit since our last episode, so to recap you all on what's happened, um, Linda was just about to uh, find the kids with the mini dome. Uh, Junior was debating whether he should kill his dad or not because the dome told him to. Sort of, the dome uses sort of weird tableaus to tell people to do stuff. (laughs) There's a bit of room for interpretation. Uh, Barbie uh, had just said not guilty when Big Jim wanted him to say guilty. Um, Yeah, so let's, let's see what happens. So we start the episode with Linda, Joe, Nori, um... Carol is also there. Um, I really hope I got it right. I feel like I've gotten her name around the last four episodes. Carolyn and uh, her partner, Alice. Um, I think it's Carol. I had a mnemonic memory device, but I can't remember it anymore. Anyway, um, so back with the mini dome. Oh, and Ben, of course. Gator Boy Ben, it's his house. Um, The butterfly is starting to emerge from its cocoon. Um, which is cool. It's also gross. I don't know. I don't like looking at... I don't think anybody likes looking at butterflies all zoomed up. But, um, yeah, it's starting to get out of there. Um, Linda is, of course, just like, what? What's going on here? Why didn't you tell the authorities? Like, me. And the kids are like, well, we don't respect authority. We're teenagers. Um, we don't respect you, Linda, um, as will be demonstrated. But, anyway, uh, she's a bit flipping out. Um... Joe points out that it's a monarch butterfly as if that, like, means something. It told us the monarch will be crowned. What is that supposed to mean? We don't know yet. But that's a monarch butterfly. We think it's gotta be important, so we have to get it out of there before it hurts itself. Or worse. Which is just gobbledygook to anybody outside of the situation. (laughs) Um... Anyway, the butterfly... So the, the main conflict for them right now is the butterfly is out of the cocoon, but it's still trapped in the mini-dome, um, which is not good. Uh, and they don't really know a way to get it out. So the butterfly starts sort of um, head-bashing around the dome, like bumping into it, uh, you know, like, like a bug would do. Uh, but every time it hits it, it leaves a black mark on the dome, like an ink blot. The butterfly hits the dome and makes some kind of spot. And then the ink blot starts to grow, and it soon covers the whole mini dome, and you can't see through it. It's not transparent anymore. Then they notice that the light outside is also going dark. Is it just me, or is it getting crazy dark outside? So uh, 
if you blot out the mini dome, the real dome doesn't get light anymore. Um, it's a cool image, the the giant dome over Chester's Mill being a giant uh, black ball or sphere, I guess. Ooh. Sorry, I got up nice and early to see this episode. Um, I don't know. This episode, I'm, I'm probably going to talk about this a lot, but I'm just so against the idea that the dome is here to help people. Like, part of it is I've watched the whole show and I know that it's not... Um, but it's just abusive, honestly. Like, why did the dome decide to go entirely dark? It's going, like, later in the episode, we actually get to talk to the dome, basically. And the dome's like, oh, I didn't come here to punish you. I didn't, I came here to protect you. And it's like, well, what, what, why did you make everything dark? Does that help anything? I don't even know what it was trying to do, honestly. But, like, it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, it's it's not very nice of the uh, big old benevolent dome uh, to take away the sun, but anyway, the 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 followers of the the, the what were they called the dome kids? Oh, children of the dome. Yeah. So Joe, Nori, and um, oh, and Ben are all fine with it. Um, anyway, so <laughs> Linda um, is with the kids uh, while all this is going on and she finally decides she's going to take control of the situation so she radios for reinforcements and she says all available units to Ben Drake's house which is interesting because it's like yeah we know Ben wouldn't most people know it as like Mr. and Mrs. Drake's house like do all of the police officers know where like a high schooler lives um, which leads me to believe that maybe Ben has sort of a history with the police department um, at least that was my first thought until I realized the entire police force is turned over except for Linda. So I don't know why they would know where Ben Drake's house is and not his, and why they would refer to it as that. But anyway, they're all going to a teenager's house. Maybe he throws the best parties in town. Maybe Linda's been there before. Who knows? Um, but yeah, everybody's coming to Ben Drake's house. Meanwhile, Junior, who is the only police officer when she said all units, um, picks up and goes, Linda. It's the dome. It's all black. I know, Junior. Just get your ass over here. Yeah, Junior. Everybody saw that. <laughs> Everyone can see the sky. Uh, you don't need to give Linda a heads up. Um, Junior was, by the way, just standing out in the middle of nowhere being like, why do I have to kill my dad? And the dome's like, I'm not going to tell you that shit. I already protected you. I already put a dome up. <laughs> Maybe that's why I took away the sun. Because Junior dared question it. I don't know. I hate I hate the dome. <laughs> this dome. The one protecting Toronto, 10 out of 10. Great dome. This dome, not a fan. Um, anyway, while this was going on, also, uh, Big Jim and Barbie were having another jail time talk. Um, basically, Big Jim going, I could kill you. And then Barbie's like, But you won't. You won't because there's no audience here. This isn't just about killing me. This is about making sure this entire town knows that you are judge, jury, and executioner. Very much like the last episode. Very much like a scene later in this episode. Um, it's not very compelling drama because we know that Barbie is not going to die. Um, and we know that Big Jim is not going to die. Uh, and there's not a lot of other stakes. So they just sort of keep talking as if that'll happen. Anyway, um, 
the dome starts having its typical hissy fit. The mini dome, I mean, uh, screeching and stuff. And uh, Glinda's like, Make it stop! We don't know how. Yeah, we, we kind of do. Remember? Oh, yeah. That time we touched it. And then Linda's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't you put your hands on that. And it's like, what did... She wanted them to make the dome stop, but also didn't want them to interact with the dome. No! I told you this is police property now. If anybody's going to touch it, it's going to be me. Linda puts her hand on the dome to, because she's dumb and gets blasted across the room. Uh, and... Yeah, that's that's the she gets knocked out. She'll be fine. It was the only way. The kids are like, all right, well, let's get out of here. Or they would if Junior didn't show up. And Junior's pissed. He's like, screw Angie. That's an actual clip that we should use right there. The monarch is dying, Junior. We need Angie. Screw Angie. Anyway, um, he's still conflicted. He trusts his dad a lot. Even though, as we've demonstrated on this podcast, there's no reason for him to ever trust his dad. Um, you know, maybe he feels like his dad's just getting ganged up on and he's just got to be on his side. Um, I don't know. Joe's still yammering on about Barbie being the monarch. Um, <laughs> and eventually, somebody actually tells Junior... Things are happening, Junior. Things bigger than us. It's not always about you. I would argue that they are wrong and that it is always about Junior. Every single thing in this town about this dome always comes back to junior why does junior have to pick a side between putting his hand on this mini dome why does this mini dome need four people like they put this dome here they can take it away they don't need these four randos to touch the dome but it comes back to junior because he's important um I don't know, every plot line is, it's its always like, can we get Junior to do this? Can we get Junior to do that? He's the linchpin. He's our police department. He's the only person who can touch the hand. He's going to save the hospital. He's kidnapped Angie, I don't know. <laughs> so things are definitely happening, but I do think it is always about Junior. Guys! It's Big Jim, he's almost here. Mom, you have to get out of here. Too bad, this is on us. All three of us, right Junior? Anyway, just a little tangent there. Um, while this is going on, Julia and Angie are trying to get back into society somehow so that Julia can tell people, one, she's not dead, and two, that Barbie did not shoot her. Um, not a lot happens. I just like this scene because uh, Julia says, because they're sneaking around in the, in the dark, and she's like, Permanent darkness has its bright side. And I really like that line. Um... They do this at the, uh, what is it called? The jailhouse. Uh, they unlock and free Barbie because I guess everybody went over to where Linda was. They were all like driving around town going, uh, excuse me, do you know where Ben Drake lives? Um, ben Drake, he's a high schooler, I think. <laughs> I, I've seen him on a skateboard. Do you know, do you know where to get there? Anyway, the entire police department's left the jailhouse, so it's just Barbie. Um, they let Barbie out. Uh, and then DJ Phil, who I guess is full-time policeman now, and some rando come in. Um, if anybody thought that Barbie wasn't the best fighter in town, Barbie, with literally his hand cuffed, hand, both hands cuffed behind his back, uh, kicks Phil into submission. Oh, hell no. Almost 2v1s. Like, he knocks the first guy down, kicks Phil about 20 times. 
Uh, and then while he's still kicking Phil, the other guy got back up and pulls a gun on him, which isn't fair because, you know, what's Barbie going to do? He's got his hands tied by his back. He can't, he can't pick up a gun. Anyway, Angie hits him with a fire extinguisher. Um, I sort of I sort of lapsed on keeping an elaborate list of fighters uh, over time. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll pick that up for season two. But if I had to give a final sort of ranking, it's uh, Barbie number one with a bullet. Winner! Big Jim number two, Junior number three, DJ Phil number four. He got beat by Barbie's like karate kick feet. And um, Peter Shumway in last place. K.O. We'll, we'll make it more official for next season. Anyway, yeah, they get out of the police station. Everything's fine. Oh, one of my favorite lines of the episode. Actually, I have a lot of like top line. This episode has a lot of great parts, but this is just so this show. And I don't know. I always like when I make when something I used to make fun of comes back, and I'm, I'm, I was right all along. Um, Sorry, we have Joe and Nori with the mini dome, and we have Angie and Barbie and Julia, and they're separated, and we need a way to get them together, and there's no phones or anything like that. Um, Junior points out... She has a police radio. She stole one. We can send her a message. For the entire force to hear, what can we even say? Yeah, so it has to be a coded message. So Joe says... Angie, if you can hear me, look, we're on the move with the mini dome. Remember where we went to hide when we broke Mom's old mirror? Meet us there. Any guesses where that could be? Yeah, it's the cement factory. They're going to the... It's the cement factory again. Because there's only like four sets in the show. Trust me. Angie would never forget about the time we hid in the cement factory. No. Big Jim also had a similar train of thought where he was like... He didn't, he didn't think it was the cement factory, but he was like... There's so many places to hide. We'll start with McAllister's old barn. Because that's another set. He was probably going to go, well, I'll try Joe's farm and then I'll hit the hospital up on the way back. Um... I guess the fallout shelter, and then we'll go to the cement factory, and that's all four places in town. Anyway, so if you thought we were done with the cement factory this season, we're not. Although I think this might be the end of the cement factory. I think they stopped going there in season two, but even if it is, it's a great way to end it. Um, so when we get there, it's the, uh, the children of the dome, so Junior, uh, Joe, Nori, and Angie, plus Barbie and Julia are there. And they all put their hand on the dome, and it explodes or disintegrates. All the dirt gets everywhere, and the egg is now no longer protected by a mini dome. Um, and they see the butterfly, and they're like, We're too late. It's dead. And then Nori touches it, and it comes back to life. Or maybe it wasn't dead. Who knows? Tough to tell. And they're like, Oh, wow. The butterfly. And then what must have been a great day on set. Um, the butterfly, the CG butterfly flies around for, I would say, 30 seconds of just people looking in wonderment at a butterfly, um, which wasn't really there when they were filming. And then eventually, I guess it starts flying around um, Barbie. Okay, is somebody going to tell me what the hell's going on here? I knew it. You're the monarch. Joe even has a line in a little bit where he's just like, This has to be the way the dome picks a new leader. And Barbie's like, what, by using insects? Which is, I was going to say it was my line of the season, but I had another one that comes up a little bit later. Um, just for a nice simple line that I really like. Anyway, yeah, so it's looking like Barbie's going to be the monarch. Uh, meanwhile, uh, 
Big Jim's walking around town and he sees that everybody in town is going to church. Everyone's getting right with the Lord before the end times. They've decided that now it's the end of days, now that the sun's gone away. Um, one guy has a great line where he's just like, We used to be trapped, but at least I could still grow my crops. Without sunlight, we all starve. And you know what? That's fair. That's very forward thinking, though. Like, the dome does weird crap all the time. I'm, I'm trying to think, though. It hasn't done too many weird things this season. It, it made that tornado, which lasted about two minutes. Um, and I guess it's made it rain and stuff. It's going to get more wild in the next season. But the thing about most of these dome things, they only last an hour or two. Um, your crops will be fine. <laughs> It actually made me think, could, like, if I, if I, like, I don't know if plants can go a whole day without sunlight, because even, even on a cloudy day, they're still getting sunlight, but anyway, food, food for thought, food for thought about food. Um, I've read in my notes that, uh, this is like the opposite of, uh, the separation of church and state, because Big Jim basically enters the church and, t and walks up to the front and says, Thank you everybody for coming. Which is weird, because they didn't come expecting him to be there. Uh, and then basically, he's getting into his spiritual side, you know, like, he is the, he will guide Chester's Mill out of God's plan. I know there's been a bit of a hole in our spiritual community since the passing of Reverend Coggins. But I'm here to tell you, the good Lord has not forgotten about Chester's Mill. How do you know that? I don't, but I have faith. Yeah, I don't know. New angle for him, I guess. <laughs> uh, this episode started about Big Jim thinking that there's a bigger picture and that the dome has meaning. I mean, if your wife saw the dome coming, that means your family's important. That means you're important. That's the other thing. So much of this show is people following the dome and going against Big Jim on the dome's advice. But Big Jim, theoretically, is the dome's biggest supporter. He's the only person who doesn't want it to go down. Like, he doesn't really... I don't know. He wants to keep the dome up. I don't get why the dome doesn't like Big Jim. I guess he's just too charismatic, but we'll see. Um, back with the insect king, Barbie, um, the mini-dome starts, uh, well the mini-dome's gone, but the little egg starts vibrating, and they're like, oh my god, the whole place is gonna blow up. Once again, benevolent, great dome. Uh, Julia picks up the egg, and she's like, oh, ooh, what's this? Uh, and it stops trying to blow up, and then the butterfly goes over to her, and they're like, she's your monarch. It's like, What? Why? Why did the butterfly hover around Barbie first? Are you sure it's not just a butterfly? Anyway. <laughs> Julia's the monarch now. So I guess she gets to hang out with the kids, which, uh, that must be fun. Um, meanwhile, uh, DJ Phil walks into Big Jim's office. He's like, hey, how's it going? Big Jim's like, oh, can you get a few men together? I, I got a, I got a building project for you. What is it? It's an idea that came to me at church. Great-grandfather built the last one of those in Chester's Mill. And it's it's Gallows, you know, the place where you hang somebody. And Phil's like, oh, uh, you sure we need this? And Big Jim's like, yeah, yeah, we do, we do need this. We're gonna, we're gonna hang Barbie. Um, DJ Phil, totally on board with this. All right, for Doty. Yes, for Doty. Um, no objection to public hangings, but <laughs> whatever, you know. Yeah, everybody can float their own boat. Back 
to the cement factory where everybody's there. Julia's now the monarch. Junior's like, uh, I'm not going to go kill my dad. I Give me the egg. I don't trust you guys. Um, and, you know, he has reasons not to trust people. Barbie is, of course, a murderer. Julia admitted to Junior that she lied as a reporter, so he doesn't trust her. And I think he just is tired of these annoying kids so he doesn't really like any of them um and he's like julia give me the egg and then julia's like Wah! and hacky sacks it over to angie and he you know junior's not going to shoot angie anyway everybody scatters uh julia eventually gets the egg back and barbie uh gets arrested by junior junior you'll notice is able to beat barbie if barbie's hands are handcuffed behind his back although barbie did get some good hits in Linda finds uh, an inscription that says pink stars are falling in lines. What the hell does the pink stars are falling in lines mean? Um, and tells Big Jim, and Big Jim's like, oh, my wife used to said, say that. My wife, Pauline, before she passed, she was paranoid, unstable, ranting about all kinds of crazy things. In her last months, she kept saying one thing over and over like a mantra. Pink stars are falling. Are you sure? Maybe it's a coincidence. Um, and then shows Linda the paintings. They're still bad paintings. I'm, I'm guessing that what happened was that, like, the dome, for some reason, chose people to send messages to. Um, but in its usual incompetence, it didn't pick someone who was very artistically talented. So, like, the paintings aren't supposed to be good. It's just a random woman who had no way of <laughs> illustrating what was in her mind and made these bad drawings. It wasn't like an art teacher or something. Which might be contradicting, because now they say it out loud, I think she was an art teacher or something like that. She did have an art studio, so I don't know. They just really are, like, poor. It, all, it, it feels like, I don't know, it feels like the director drew them. Anyway. Uh, the Children of the Dome plus Julia are still, plus Julia minus Junior, um, are still sort of freaking out, and they're in the woods, they have the egg, and they're like, oh, what should we do? Um, and they decide to talk to the egg. And now the egg uh, summons a ghost-like figure in the form of uh, uh, Nori's uh, dead mother, Alice. So she's back. Woo. Forgive us. We're still learning to speak with you. We've taken on a familiar appearance to help bridge the divide. You know, very sensitive of them. And she's like... Uh, what should we do? And I don't know. The dome is very cryptic and it's very like... The dome wasn't sent to punish you. It was sent to protect you. Protect us from what? You'll see in time. How can we see anything now that you've blacked out the dome? If you want the darkness to abate, you must earn the light by protecting the egg. I've already said my two cents about that gobbledygook. But... Anyway, uh, I don't know. Not much really happens there. Eventually, Julia decides that she's going to, as the monarch, she should stop listening to children and go make her own decision. If I'm really the monarch, this has to be my decision. You three have done enough. I want you to go get somewhere safe. And it's a weird decision, and it worked, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll get to that. Barbie and Big Jim are still squabbling. Uh, Barbie is like the hot take guy this really i think it's part of his character he's like you may think that you're some kind of god to these people i think we both know what you really are what's that criminal worse a politician um 
my favorite line of the episode comes up. Uh, this is when Joe is just sort of doing something and looks out the window and then goes, Are those gallows going up next to town hall? Yep, they built it in a day. You know, people in town were probably like, oh, damn. <laughs> Who would have thought that would happen? Gallows just being built in the dark. Anyway, it's too bad they don't get a chance to use it. Um, apparently, oh man, I, I feel like I'm just circling a bit. There's just so much going back and forth here in my notes. Um, Junior eventually confronts Big Jim to try and be like, hey, um, why did you, are, are you a bad guy? <laughs> Big Jim's like, there's nothing a good man won't do for the people he loves. That's what your mom used to say all the time, right? You know the truth? I have taken lives. But none that didn't absolutely need to be taken for the good of this town. Then why didn't you tell me? Because I thought I needed to protect you from all this. I'm basically Batman, and I have to do things to keep this town afloat, even if it means killing people. And Junior's like, okay. You know what? It was the first time all season uh, Big Jim was truthful to Junior. I thought Junior was going to kill him or something, but apparently telling the truth is wor uh, it works, and it's um, something that Big Jim should have considered more <laughs> as a parent. So, all right, big big climax. Um, Barbie is standing on the gallows. He has a rope around his neck. Uh, Junior is about to pull the thing that'll make Barbie fall out from underneath. Uh, the whole town is watching, including DJ mm -hmm. Phil down in the audience. Um, Big Jim is right beside it. Uh, all the kids are scattered throughout town. The only person who could do something is Julia. Big Jim ready. A message for Julia Shumway. We know you have a dangerous weapon in your possession. Bring it to us now. We'll discuss a reduced sentence for your accomplice, Dale Barbara fail to comply and Barbie pays the ultimate price. Julia is hanging out on a boat in the lake and she drops the egg into the lake Titanic style. Why? Don't don't ask me. I guess she just felt it. If you want the darkness to abate, you must earn the light by protecting the egg. Anyway, she does that. Pink lines start coming up. And you're like, oh, interesting. And Big Jim's like, this is a sign from God. Clearly the good Lord has looked upon our work here today with favor. Let us thank him for this blessing. <laughs> Pull the lever, Junior. And the pink lines keep rising. Note, pink lines are not falling in lines. They are rising in lines. Uh, they go all the way to the top of the dome. And then the dome starts getting bright again. And then it starts getting really bright. And then instead of being black, it's solid white, and the inside of the dome is like almost blindingly bright. And Big Jim is just yelling, Now, son, do it now! Now, Junior, do it now! And that's how the season ends. So, yeah, pink stars falling in lines. I, if I believe correctly, this is as close as we get to um it actually happening um and this of course pink stars rising in lines um the pink stars themselves did nothing um all they did was make things really bright but that wasn't from the stars it, it happened afterwards what does it mean that it's really bright i i had stuff to say um <laughs> i don't know it, it's uh yeah <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't have a, a lot to say about that. 
Um, I did want to comment on how this would happen in Toronto. Um, so assuming that we do have a mini dome um, and that a butterfly inside, it starts hitting parts of the mini dome and then black spots start appearing, which appear on the larger dome, which blot out the sun. And the way to get out of this is the monarch needs to throw the egg into Lake Ontario. I think we're fucked. Um, I don't know why we would do this. I think it would be one of the few solutions people would say, no, please don't do that. Uh, we can't throw that egg into the lake. It's the only thing that uh, could get us out of there. So I think the sun would go away forever. Um, the only question is if maybe there was a monarch who um, felt it, like they were like, this is the way to go, but I don't know if they'd be able to convince people. Uh, I don't think that I, I would hope in this scenario that the monarch is like a more public thing I've never liked how the kids keep it a secret um, you know what the dome reminds me of it's like the classic like predator character who tells the uh, unassuming children in town that they that don't tell anybody about what I did because that's what the dome did. It took all it took these teenagers and said, "You can't tell your parents what's going on," and that makes them do weird stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I I hate the dome. It's the biggest villain of the show, and Big Jim is the hero, um, and he's killing people to keep the streets clean. I don't know. <sighs> well, that was that was season one of Under the Dome. Um, I think we're gonna do a special wrap up episode. Um, sort of an in memoriam um, it's funny I, I when it started I, I thought we I could do one of these every two days um, when, once Lindsay came on I knew we'd have to slow down uh, because it was a much better product but uh, the, the recording um, I, I think the silver lining in all of this is that uh, people adapt to things um, I've adapted to living in quarantine more um and i don't need um a project like this quite as much um not to say that i don't enjoy it and i'm, I'm gonna keep it going but it's it's probably gonna be at this more once a week cadence that it's fallen into um and yeah and i i feel like that's something that chester uh, chester's mill and under the dome never really got around to the whole three seasons of this show take place in about under a month. Um, so this quarantine that we've been in is now about four times as long. Three, four, I don't know. Uh, wait, if, if it's not four times, wait a bit before I finish this episode. Um, but it's, it's been multiple times longer than what they faced in uh, Chester's Mill. Um, and I feel like, you know... An alternate version of this show without all without all the extra sci-fi weirdness. Um, maybe they would just um, sort of revert to a normal state. Maybe the show would be more like um, Jericho, a show I never watched but assume had people living a normal life. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's something I wish Under the Dome had a bit more of. Is just people trying to have a normal life. Um, and getting used to the the new normal which I, I feel like is a more apt comparison to what's going on nowadays anyway just a little bit of philosophizing ooh philosoph 
philosophizing. I, I don't even know if I was sounding smart before that, but I definitely don't now. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'll be back soon with uh, Season 2, Episode uh, 1. Um, pretty sure there is a major character death in that episode. Um, I'm only saying that because that's how they pitched. That, like, that was in all the ads when it uh, was coming on. It's also the Stephen King episode. Um, it's a fun one. It very much sets the tone for Season 2. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. This has been an absolute uh, blast, and uh, hope you enjoyed. Signing off from Chester's Mill, which is now engulfed in a glowing white light. Bye. Hey, everyone. I thought I would end off the season right and give you some out-of-context clips. We're going to start off with Big Jim trying to gaslight Barbie. Is Julia still out there somewhere, and she knows the truth. I already told people the truth. You killed Max, her mother, and her bodyguard. Nobody can change that now. We'll see. You entered your plea. Now you get your justice. You don't know anything about this. I mean, it could be radioactive. The big dome isn't. My God, how are you even standing? I don't know. But something out there really wanted me back on my feet. The dome's telling us that we have to get the butterfly out of there before it dies. But we need the others. I I've heard enough. All available units? This is seriously weirding me out. It's the middle of the day, but it looks like it's midnight out there. Hey, listen, I know people are scared. This is a, this is a crisis, not the damn apocalypse. Boy, my dad hurt a woman. And that's that. I hope you enjoyed. See you soon. Bye.